0: Om Sta Pakaya dharmasya Sarva Dharmasurupine, Avatar of Arishtai Ramakrishna, Yate Namaha, Om Mangalam Gurudevaya Devi Matrika Mangalam, Mangalam Bhakta, Brindeviu Sarva Lokaya Mangalam, Om Sarashiva Samarambam Shankarachara Majam, Ashmarachara Prayantam Bande, Gurum Param Param, Om Guru Brahma, Guru Vishnu, guru devo Hishuraha, Guru Param Brahman Dasmai Sri Guru Ve Namaha Dasmai Sri Guru Ve Namaha Enjoy They're growing up so nice, huh? <laughs> the little one is so cute So we're continuing from our reading of Swami Vivekananda's lectures on Bhakti Yoga One of his, uh, part of his uh, classic, The Four Yogas and the version that I'm reading it from is Vivekananda, the Yoga and other works. A slightly different edition than what's in the complete works. Ever so slightly, some just uh, some editorial changes, adjustments. And so, last I guess two weeks ago or three weeks ago, we were sick, so we skipped a few. We skipped a few weeks. Um, we read the preparatory renunciation, the renunciation that a devotee go through uh... to prepare for parabhakti and uh... so we'll continue to the the top the section is the bhakta's or the devotees renunciation results from love you can see this is very... yes, yes the t- title itself is perfect you don't have to read anything, this section is especially beautiful I think <clears throat> but you almost have to read anything else because there's many reasons for renunciation. Some is something's horrible and you give it up, or you think something's horrible and you give it up, right? Or something's not good for you and you give it up, right? Or, 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 or somebody tells you it's not good for you, and <laughs> you give it and guilt's you into giving it up or whatever. You know, there's all kinds of reasons to give things or to try to give things up. But when, but the very act of trying to give something up is automatically a little artificial, right? It's it's uh to push anything away is just kind of a strange. Strange thing. It's 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 a it's an aggressive. It can be an aggressive act. <coughs> the some in that um, Hanuman Pasad Prashad Padars Bhakti uh, Narada Bhakti Sutra is one one of my favorite um, examples he gives. It's a it's a masterpiece uh, commentary on Bhakti Sutra. Uh, <coughs> he says that swimming is pushing water away. So he's trying to say there's a different way of looking at at uh, 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 renunciation. Very active uh, swimming is actually the, is the art of pushing of renouncing water, right? And if you don't renounce water and you go into a pool, you'll drown and die, right? And if you know the the art of pushing water away, then every pool can be rather than dangerous can be enjoyable, right? You can swim, push. You know, it's like it's a way of so it's it's another way of thinking about renunciation also that he gives. I, thought, I, think is, I think about that quite a bit. The, the art of pushing the world away is a way to move to the world beautifully without drowning it, you know. And you actually look forward to swimming. <laughs> anyway, let's see what Samiji says. We see love everywhere in nature. Whatever in society is good and great and sublime is the working out of that love. Whatever in society is very bad, nay, diabolical, Anybody know what he going to say here? This is going to trick everybody. Whatever you see that's great is a working out of that love. Everything you see is diabolical is also the working out of that love. <laughs> that's a very interesting thing, right? He says, <clears throat> whatever in society is good and great and sublime is a working out of that, great, of that love. Whatever in society is very bad, nay, diabolical is also the ill-directed working out of the same emotion of love. It is the same emotion that gives us not only the pure and holy conjugal love between husband and wife, but also the sort of love which goes to satisfy the lowest forms of animal passion. The emotion is the same, but its manifestation is different in different cases. It is the same feeling of love, well or ill-directed, that impels one man to do good and to give all he has to the poor, and makes another man cut the throats of his brethren and take away all their possessions. The former loves others as much as the latter loves himself. The direction of this love is bad in the latter case, but is right and proper in the other. The same fire that cooks a meal for us may burn a child, and is no fault of the fire if it does so. The difference lies in the way in which it is used. Therefore love, the intense longing for association, the strong desire on the part of two to become one. And it may be, after all, of all the of all to become merged in one, is being manifested everywhere in higher or lower forms, as the case may be. So this is an interesting definition. His definition of love, if you is the desire. The reflection's a little bit strong. Let's check. This is a, a glossy page. Let me find it here. Uh, therefore, the intense the intense longing for association, the strong desire on the part of the two to become one that's his definition of of, of love <coughs> for some it's directed outward and some directed inward one who loves others one who loves themselves so we consider we would in in regular language say one's love and the other is not love we make a very a very big distinction between these two okay. but so, and swamiji also they're not the same but in one sense are the same right it's we want we want actually we want uh remember there is a very bad song i think i've quoted it before and many of you grew up with it you know looking for love in all the wrong places <laughs> if you ever you know, a few of the younger ones aren't laughing you don't know the song but <laughs> we all know we all grew up with this song. right uh, uh and so many faces right so it's even a selfish type of love is true we're even some people been in other places maybe even here maybe having haven't had uh, the the even some, the thief is also just trying to find union, trying to satisfy something, trying to satisfy an emptiness, trying to to uh, um, uh, 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 the murderer, the drunkard. Everyone is trying to get get the hit, the hit of union, right? But you can see in certain ways you do It's you're, it's looking in the wrong. It's it's doomed to fail, right? It's selfish, trying to satisfy love in a completely one-sided, selfish. Uh, uh, hurtful ways. I mean, people doing that, that's called life. I mean, that we see in politics, we see that in romance, we see that in everything, you know, in business. And it's a mess. It doesn't work, right? So this is... uh, But we have to... Sarmaji is trying to base this whole principle of of renunciation through love to understand that the basis of even selfish behavior is a desire for love, a search for love. Bhakti Yoga is a science of the higher love. So this is the higher love and lower love, selfish love and selfless love. So this is the, the science of the higher love, of the selfless love. That's called bhakti yoga, right? The other love we see everywhere. Everybody's, we're all struggling. The science of the lower love, <laughs> we can see that's, it's called politics, diplomacy, <laughs> you know, uh, advertising. <laughs> What's that? Um, uh, Media, all this stuff that, and you know, romance and all all the things. These are regular life. I mean, all the details, uh, the ugly and the and the sublime aspects of regular life. That these are, these are the science of the lower love, right? But those understanding that the workings that we can understand that there must be also a science, a principle, a guided uh, the sages saints who who've realized the highest love. They've given us some uh, principle, some evidence, some way. Bhakti Yoga is the science of the higher love. It shows us how to direct it. It shows us how to control it, how to manage it, how to use it, how to give it a new aim, as it were. And from it, obtain the highest and most glorious result. That is, how to make it lead us to spiritual blessedness. So, I mean, Sri Ramakrishna also, in several places, he says, you know, uh, 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 if you have some lower manifestation of love right give it make give it a higher make God the focus of it how to how to direct it towards God right if you're going to be angry be angry at not realizing God or the, you know if you're going to be lustful want God if you're going to be uh, jealous want only God for only yourself you know all these will be sitter ugly emotions right put make God the focus someone somehow another direct Direct the attention, direct uh, Because actually, the, the perfection of each one of those desires is, is God. And we see, we see in, in, the, in the Narada Bhakti Sutra, uh, uh, Narada Muni, he constantly invokes the gopis of Raj as the examples of each one of these. You want to see jealousy, a, je- there's very few emotions in the human behavior as ugly as jealousy. It spoils everything, right? Yet we see the go- one, one gopi jealous of another gopi right and and for thousands of years that their story is told as in, in glorifying them, not like just see even the gopis fell to the, the lower emotion of jealousy, the perfection of jealousy right that was their that was their meditate that was their all absorbing meditation right you know or the of uh, 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 of anger of you know of uh, I mean, there's so, there's, we only have <laughs> the problem with uh, uh, American aesthetics. We have three emotions, <laughs> but in the in the in the in the in the, in the system in, in the Bhakti Yoga system, there's many bhavas. <laughs> there's there's a uh, uh, there's uh, jealousy with a fear of of, of of being rejected, but still but still controlling. There's all these all these unique type of we don't even know what those those emotions are, but they're all they're all given names and very and beautifully elaborated. <clears throat> <clears throat> but how to make, how to take our, regular, our seeming regular emotions, our desire for love, and direct them in such a way that they lead not to just repeated birth and death and, separate, and conscious separation from God dra- uh, frantically searching for satisfaction, but in a way that actually leads to satisfaction, to spiritual blessedness. Bhakti yoga does not say, "Give up." It only says, "Love, love the highest." And everything low naturally falls away from him, the object of whose love is the highest. Last time we we gave the example of the higher, we gave that uh, the verses from the Gita of the higher taste, one who one who uh, 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 actually that, that's a actually we we gave a, we talked about the book the higher taste on vegetarian like vegetarian cookbook based on that principle that if you have something higher the lower drops away right but it's, maybe i didn't actually mention the verse in the gita that comes from that that line comes from the verse in the gita maybe i did maybe i didn't but it says actually that the that the, the yogi can we strain his mind from the objects of the senses of course the yogi should that's the first thing we do Pratahara is very first very early on in the steps of yoga, right? Of any type of meditation system, we begin to try to control to withdraw the mind, control the mind from the opposite senses. He says, but the desi- the taste for them remains. Well you can see you can give up cakes like can I say it in front of Ma? Maybe if I were to give up coffee for a day or chocolate or something, something horrible, something like that. I could do it, some discipline, I have some acid problem or some like some prompt So I can I give time to time we give up because of some acid. But the taste for them, every smell <laughs> <laughs> the habit you get up and go go over to the stove like oh, grab the herbal tea box or something you know it's like it, the 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 the, the scar is still there the, the vritti is still there the desire is still there right so that's a very that's a great line it's a, it's a perfect in the gita perfect we withdraw we, we control the mind from the senses yet the desire remains so, but if one experiences a higher taste right then one becomes fixed I may get, I may get a couple of verses mixed I don't have in front of me, but one becomes fixed in knowledge or fixed in wisdom like this, right? One is said to be fixed in wisdom. If you love the highest, the lower automatically falls away. Therefore, rather than say renounce, it, Swamiji says, the Bhakti Yoga says love. If you love God, all the lower things automatically fall, fall apart. <clears throat> The bhakti Bhakti yoga does not say give up. It only says love, love the highest. And everything low naturally falls away from him, the object whose love is the highest. I cannot tell anything about thee. Then he's... now this is like an example of a prayer. I cannot tell anything about thee except that thou art my love, the devotee says to God. Thou art beautiful, oh, thou art beautiful. Thou art beauty itself. What is really required of us in this yoga is that our thirst after the beautiful should be directed towards? Should be directed to God. What is the beauty of the human face, the sky, and the tr- and the stars, and and in the moon. So we, we want this is we want beauty. We want beauty. This is a, of course who doesn't want to see the beautiful, hear the beautiful, think the beautiful, experience the beautiful, right? Uh, and. And that beautiful verse, Swamiji is quoting from the scriptures. It says that, but God is the most—not only the most beautiful, right? It's just he's, he, she, it is beauty, right? I, I remember I, I, this very—I uh, remember this scene uh, um, many, many years ago in the Hare Krishna Temple. It was uh, um, one sannyasi, Jayadvaita Swami. He was—he's a senior svama, Prabhupada disciple sannyasi. Was giving a talk, and he's a very expert speaker, and he's very good. He's very he's he's impressive speaker. Uh, At least at that time when I saw him, I've never seen. He was very expert at 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 composing a lecture and like this, and uh, all the parts. But it's the sun. It's uh, the Laharkriti Temple is. 30 feet from the ocean. It's at the beach, right? And it's on a Sunday. So beach people come in. People come in in beach clothes and, or beach lack of clothes as you come from the beach, right? And it was a big crowd, you know, and, and a very beautiful, by worldly standards, but the a very beautiful, not very overly dressed girl came in and sat down like that. And you could see everyone's attention. <laughs> went and you can see if if I, somebody like you can see he probably saw the person walk in and sees something like and he also sees everybody's like no longer paying attention to his lecture, right? And so you could see him within without breaking. He was at his expertise without breaking, the the, the the rhythm of his talk or seemingly of his talk. He says and therefore we know that that uh, in this world there's so many beautiful things and so many beautiful people and there's some very very like for an example so many very beautiful women right and so so everybody got caught right because everybody's attention men and women were all paying attention to the very beautiful woman that came in right and he says just think that the source of all such beautiful countless unlimited beautiful women men and women how beautiful Krishna must be right and then he had everybody's attention back Right, you know, like the, the desire to see beautiful. It's like, sure, there's many beautiful, but who, the source of that beauty, the one who from who created unlimited beautiful worlds and beautiful things? How beautiful God must be, right? I remember, everyone's attention Went back. Something, this is thirty years ago. This, <laughs> I remember it in my mind. It was very interesting to watch the whole thing. Okay. Right. <clears throat> What is really required of us in this yoga is that our thirst after the beautiful should be directed towards God. What is the beauty in the human face, in the sky, in the stars, in the moon? moon? It is only the partial manifestation of the real, all-embracing divine beauty. And he quotes from the Upanishads, He shining, everything shines. It is through His light that all things shine. Take, Take this, highest, take this high position of bhakti, which makes you forget at once your little personalities. Take yourself away from all the world's little selfish clingings. Do not look upon humanity as the center of all your human, human or higher interests. Stand as a witness and observe and study the phenomenon of, the high, of nature. Have the feeling of non-attachment with regard to man and see how this mighty feeling of love is working itself out in this world. Like this is the thing. If you with, if you try to control a little bit and you begin with detachment and look, you get to see every. every you only see people searching f- for love, people appreciates people searching for beauty, right? So if if you a little bit of attached, because the problem is we get attached and we we lose it. If you're a little bit control, a little disinterest, and you watch everything, this is what you this is what you're seeing. Sometimes a little friction is produced. Sometimes there is a little fight or a little fail, a little fall. But it is the Sorry, no, uh, uh, have the feeling of non-attachment with regard to man and see how the mighty feeling of love is working itself out in the world sometimes a little friction is produced but that is only in the course of the struggle to attain the higher real love sometimes there is a little fight or a little fall but it is only by the way stand aside and freely let the frictions come you feel the frictions only when you are in the current of the world but when you are outside of it, simply as a witness and as, as a student, we will be able to see that there are millions and millions of channels through which God is manifesting Himself as love. <coughs> Swami Ramatirtha, that wonderful, uh, 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 maybe most people maybe know who Swami Ramatirtha is. He was. He, a great uh, Vedantic sannyasi who came to this country very early on, maybe 1903, 1904, or something like that, after a uh, Very powerful uh, orator and writer and speaker. Brilliant. But in one of his uh, uh, talks, it's called The Secret of Success, he talks about about principle of love. If we look everywhere, we see, actually, everything is only working on this principle of, of renunciation and love. right? He's, he says, even... Uh, 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 like, what do you give the example of a flower. You see a flower, right? You say, "When do you see? Oh, th- what's the beauty of the flower, right? So look, look, how, look how beautiful the the, ye- the yellow flower is, right? But yellow is not yellow. It's the the way color works. It, it absorbs all colors in the light and reflects and ge- and reflects back. Doesn't keep the color that you see, right? So even the the beauty of, of a yellow of a yellow flower, a red flower, it's the f- color that the flower doesn't keep for itself. Right, so all beauty comes from renunciation. Also, right, it's a very interesting principle. If you if you stand back and begin to see, everything is everything that we appreciate, is the thing that the thing doesn't keep for itself. Right, even beauty is based upon renunciation. Right, very interesting. You take, You have to take a step back and not be too involved, and you get to see it. And if you if you are involved and and you get, as you said, the, the fight and friction still, <laughs> temporary. Wherever there is any bliss, even though it is a, the most sensual kind, there is a spark of that eternal bliss, which is the Lord Himself. Right. This is actually in quotation. I don't know where who he's quoting, but this is maybe. I think it's in the quotation. Is that also mm-hmm. quotation? <clears throat> maybe it's from the Maybe it's from the Narada Bhakti Sutra. I don't remember this verse. Most a lot of the Bhakti Yoga is summary and re-speaking of the Bhakti Sutra. That's why I'm assuming sometime he's pulling from it. But wherever there is any bliss, even though it is the most sensual kind, there is a, is but a spark of the eternal bliss, which is a, which is the Lord Himself. Actually, that's the thing: is that that any uh, Samuel Ilachchandu talks about this also. That that if uh, we've read that that uh, any any experience, any uh, any taste, any hit, any joy, right? Where is it coming from? Right, you say it's like you you eat, you know you eat you eat a piece of chocolate. You say, oh, the chocolate brought me joy. The chocolate's nothing, right? Other people look at it and don't get any joy, right? You test it. There's something. It's an occasion, for 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 the bliss which is already there, looking for that union really to to manifest itself, right? So even the most even sensual joy, that is only the uh, uh, only a, a drop of that bliss. Actually, and Swami Lakshmi himself says the. God is a realization of the self of God. He calls it super super sensuous joy, super sexual joy, right? Because we talked last time about about the, the the experience of union in different chakras. Remember, we talked about the muladhara, I mean, the worldly plane to the highest. You can't imagine each each plane is considered a thousand times more uh, liberated, right? So the experiences are going to be thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of times greater, right? As but but. The experience of union is still there, even at the lowest, most condensed, most uh, 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 tight level. Wherever there is any bliss, even though it is the highest, uh, the most sensual kind, there is there is a spark of that eternal bliss, which is the Lord Himself. Even the lowest kind of attraction, there is a germ of divine love. Only the names, one of the names of the Lord in Sanskrit is Hari. Which means he who attracts all things to himself. His, his is in fact the only attraction felt by the human heart. He's the only so actually that's actually he's the only one who attracts because and he's the only one that we can be attracted by because that's who we're looking for that's what we want. Who can really attract the soul? Only he. Do you think dead matter can can truly attract the soul? It never did and never will. When you see a man going after a beautiful face, do you think it is a a handful of arranged material molecules which really attracts a man? No, not at all. Behind those material particles, there must be and is the play of divine influence and divine love. The ignorant man does not know it, but yet, consciously or unconsciously, he is attracted by it and it alone so even the lowest form of attractions derive their power from God Himself. None, O oh beloved, and this is from the um, uh, um, what? Upanishad is famous from the conversation between, uh, between Maitreya and Berah. Hmm? Thank you, Beraharanyaka Panchat. a very famous. It, this is a refrain from of this section, which everybody should know. That uh, 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 Maitri, in- right, yeah. and and Yakir right, yeah. K- the other wife. yes, 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 that's right. So he before he renounced the world, he had two wives, and he's, who shall inherit? How, how to distribute his wealth before the husband, the rishi, was about to leave, and Kachayani took was in the legitimate. She took the legitimate share of the property, and his other wife became a rishi. You know, of course, they're all they're rishis. They're all they're both both of the wives are rishis of sorts. You know, but she asked a question: Is like, uh, do these things? Will these things bring me pleasure? What, what brings me pleasure? And he says, actually, it's only the self brings you pleasure. And he said, the only is and then the refrain is that like, it's not for the sake of the of of of, of food that food that food is dear. It's because of the sake of the self. I may be missing, but they're all just like that. It's not for the sake of the wife that the wife is dear. It's for the sake of the self it's not for the sake of the husband the husband is dear for the sake of the self it's not for the sake of the world the world is dear, for the sake of the self it's not for the sake of the body if the body is real is is dear but for the sake of the self right so actually all we really want is the self that's what we're really attracted to right and so she says then i'll i'll, I'll take self-knowledge you know and my co-wife will take and anyway so they this is also very deeply symbolic of the two wives and they have names and like that but uh, we won't go into that, it's a different topic but Swamiji quotes from that None, O Beloved, ever loves the husband for the husband's sake it is the Atman, the Lord who is within for whose sake the husband is loved that's just Swamiji's early translation maybe the first translation of this verse in English, perhaps O Beloved, none, O Beloved, ever loves the wife for the wife's sake but for the sake of the self, that the wife is loved Similarly, no one loves a child or anything else in this world except on account of him who is within. The Lord is the great magnet, and we are like iron filings. We are being constantly attracted by him, and all of us are struggling to reach him. All the struggling of ours in this world is surely not intended for selfish ends. Even our selfish struggles, the real intention is not selfish. Selfish we want the self, of course that's, desire for the self is not selfish you know, anyway, <laughs> even the words, yes. Yes, the atman and the self, we'll use the atman the desire for the atman, or desire for God is not selfish small s, there's our language restrictions all the struggle of ours in this world is surely not intended for selfish ends fools do not know what they are doing the goal of their what their the goal of, the li- of of their life is, after all, to approach. No, sorry, fools do not know what they are doing. The goal of their life is, after all, to approach the great magnet. So Sri Ramakrishna said this again and again. He said the goal of life is to realize God. Right, that's the goal. It's not just like oh, the old, Eventually, eventually we we'll get rid of, we'll finish we'll, 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 the things we think are important, and we try to realize God. Actually, in all the things we're doing, we're trying. We're actually trying to realize God that's right. so the goal of that's the only goal of life. no matter what we're doing, the goal of everything we're doing is to realize God. And then he said something quite devastating. He said, and if you don't realize God, then you've wasted a human birth, because the goal of the human birth is to realize God. It's a problem. we try in, through lower ways, improper ways, looking for love in all the wrong places, perhaps, and we don't we don't make it. right? And so Samakrshna, that final God can, God is real, God can be known, the purpose of life is to know him. Right. These are these are great. That's a, that's a very nice. This is a nice nice principle of religion. But then the fourth. These are these are not devastating. <laughs> the devastating one. If you don't realize them, then you've wasted your life. Right. Of course, we can say, oh, we we're we're are experimenting to next to next. You know, in next life we'll try again. <laughs> it's okay. But that's not that's not helpful. You know, the guru is supposed to you, <laughs> Ananda, Gifty. <laughs> <clears throat> purpose of life don't waste this life all the tremendous struggling and fighting in life is intended to make us ultimately go to him and to be one with him the bhakti yogi whoever knows the meaning of life's struggle he understands it he has passed through a long series of these struggles and knows what they mean and earnestly desires to be free from the friction thereof He wants to avoid the clash and go direct to the center of all attraction, the great Hari. This is renunciation of the Bhaktas. Go be be free of the friction. He wants to avoid the clash and go direct to the center of attraction, Hari. This mighty attraction in the direction of God makes all other attractions vanish for him. This mighty, infinite love of God which enters his heart leaves no place for any love, other love to live there. How can it be otherwise? Bhakti fills his heart with divine, the with divine waters of the ocean of love which is God himself. There is no place there for little loves. That is to say, the Bhakta's renunciation is that vairagya or non-attachment for all things that are not God. Which results from Anu anurang, anuraga or great attachment to God. Now of course we can we can take we can take a Vedantic, thing, you know, everything is God and there's nothing that's not God and separate from God. That's these are that's nice philosophical, these are true things and are good, healthy things to remember. But this is the, the this is vairagya the results from Anuraga. The very, these, are used in the time, these are very classic Bhakti Yoga terms. Anuraga means extreme attachment. Right? when you have extreme attachment to one thing you're willing to you see I mean to use a very gross and ugly repre- uh, example of modern time there's a, uh, uh, a great epidemic of drug uh, of, of opioids right now and I mean people people are OD like this right like what people won't do to get the experience what people for that they have a, tr- a tremendous anuraga for that experience that's a problem. it's, a, it's a, probably a. Of course, in the beginning, it's a very high experience. Later, just to live that bare minimum experience, people are willing to do anything because the pain of losing it is so great. Uh, But in order to get this experience, what people won't give up. They give up their law. They give up their families. They give up their... their, I mean, how much... You can see that they won't give up anything. Right? Not willing, they give up everything because it's not like, oh, I'm willing, I have to think, I have to give. am I willing to give this up in order to attain? No, the Anurag is so great. It may be chemically, I mean, this is an, like a perverted example of it, right? But in the spiritual realm, it's just like that, right? Uh, in, in, in Narada Bhakti Sutra, so one of the definitions of, of bhakti is extreme attachment to God and extreme pain at not being, at, at, of thinking of any, of any other thought right it's one of these like, attachment this, maybe the same same word is used is anuraga extreme atta- attachment to God and extreme agony at forgetting him right so it's like it's not it's, it's like it's like it's it, it's not even like oh I have to slowly you know like withdraw my senses there's a good yogi right uh, try to be a little detached from things that aren't that good for me you know uh, control my diet all the things somebody's talked about these are all set up Right, you know all the things that we've talked about. Actually, some of you saying actually, none of the things matter. Once you have attachment to God, the things fall apart altogether. Right, when you're running towards, to, you know, when you're running toward, And again, the example of the gopis are given in the Narada Bhakti Sutra. He always says example is the gopis of Raj uh, uh, In the story, we have to be careful not to mundanely interpret the story. But uh, in the story, when they hear Krishna's flute call. Right on the Rasa on on Kartik Purnima on uh, 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 on that full moon night, right? They drop whatever they're doing and run. Some of them were nursing children; they drop their children where they are and run. Some of them are with their husband; they they leave their husband and run. Right now, that could be in a normal world. This would be a very this would be a very uh, uh, condemnable uh, behavior. Right, you know, it's like, it's against their children. One thing, if they have fell in love with another man, they get rid of their husband. But, but to get against, you know, we we shouldn't over, we shouldn't assume it's a normal event, right? And maybe maybe it's a symbolic of something. We have to be careful not to overly give a symbolic interpretation. But whatever, symbolic or actual, right? The call of the, the the attachment to Krishna was so great at that moment that all the things that are the most important things, actually, they're dharmic things, as wives, as daughters, as sisters, as mothers. Right, he just dropped behind, and he just ran. That's the that, that's, renunci- that's a vairagya that comes from anuraga. That's that. Samaji is saying. So actually, Samaj is very, always very careful when he talks about this level of devotion, uh, in in the Bhagavad, the thing, and this bhakti tradition. But you see, he's he set it up. Over, of course, I can say over months, (laughs) over an hour at least, probably when his original talk, right? (laughs) But but he said it very carefully to to, to introduce this idea, to understand this idea. Uh, Let me find it again. i read the section again. This mighty attraction, the direction of God makes all other attractions vanish for him. This mighty infinite love of God which enters his heart leaves no place for any other love to live there. How can, there, how can it be otherwise? Bhakti fills his heart with the divine waters of the ocean of love which is God himself. There is no place there for little loves. That is to say, the Bhakta's renunciation is the vairagya or non-attachment for all things that are not God which results from anur- anuraga. The great attachment for, to God. This is the ideal preparation for the attainment of supreme bhakti. So this is the preparation for pada bhakti, right? So you can think. So really we think this is pada bhakti. That's, this is not pada bhakti. This is preparation for pada bhakti. We can't even so. When this renunciation comes, when such renunciation comes, the renunciation that comes from extreme attachment to God, right? When this when this uh, uh, when this renunciation comes, the gate opens for the soul to pass through and reach the lofty regi- regions of supreme bhakti, supreme devotion, para bhakti, or para bhakti. Right? He himself gives it. The, then it is that we begin to understand what para bhakti is. So that's an interesting so we talk about even we that's my job we're reading these things and talking about Pada bhakti. but actually even the right swamiji says until you have this type of devotion right that we until you have such attachment to god that every everything else is forgotten right that type of passionate overwhelming single-minded uh devotion to god and, and excruciating pain at not finding not having and not having that union right even to talk about Parabhakti is Ill- illegitimate. right? Only such people can even discuss. And you can see, there's a beautiful, so many scenes, uh, we see where great saints are talking amongst themselves, and the conversation is getting more and more intense. Right, uh, A very famous one is a conversation between Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Ramananda Roy, right? uh, 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 where uh, uh, because of their experience, their mutual experiences, they could talk about things that we read about. It we could only guess what they're talking about. We can know that's they give examples, and the, the text tries to fill it in. But you realize within within the conversation goes many steps into extremely high levels of devotion, right? And after two or three, we can only guess what's being meant because we don't have the we don't have the experience that they have, you know. But there's hope. Even hearing about the experience awakens something, right? Let's see. That's why we read this section again and again, why we read Samaji's description again and again. When this renunciation, when this renunciation comes, the gate opens for the soul to pass through and reach the lofty region of supreme devotion of Pada Bhakti, then it is that we begin to understand what Pada Bhakti is. And the man who has entered into that inner shrine of Pada Bhakti alone has a right to say that all forms and symbols are useless to him as aids to religious realization. So very often we say oh we, we 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 all these uh, pujas and mantras and deities and pilgrimages and kirtan and books and saints all this this is all these we, we have to go beyond this right and when people say they have to go beyond this they're saying the truth right <laughs> but they're not beyond it yet right <laughs> right there uh we in our little sub community we have a situation where somebody made a statement so, uh, we won't mention names to make the world, the temple slightly less pure, <laughs> we had some struggle with this person <laughs> many years ago, right? But uh, he made a comment that oh, that uh, that 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 uh, this puja stuff and bhajan, kirtan, puja, japa, sadha, the sadhana world, this this um uh, this um, it's actually a, a a a lower stage, right? And so that's true, right? Right? But it's a lower, it's a stage that I mean, for sure, that person hadn't gone through yet, right? So it's a stage. So we have to be a little bit. Yeah, it's true, but what's we haven't gone to that stage yet, right? When we've gone past that stage, we can say, oh, then. And so I'm just saying, when we reach this level, right, we're we're out of our extreme, passionate, overwhelming devotion to God. Everything else becomes insipid and in the way and just meaningless. Right? Then we can say these things are. are we've gone beyond the. They're no longer necessary. They've served their purpose. Until then, to do that to be foolish to be claim that we've to, that we're beyond a stage we haven't gone through. Right? Then you'll never get to the next stage if you haven't gone through that. Right? <coughs> so it's a very. <coughs> uh, uh, and sometimes, and you know, we sometimes we have to be careful. We think, oh, this is a stage. This is a lower stage. Right, uh, we have to be very careful with this 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 idea, because that's another very subtle, maybe not so subtle form of spiritual egotism. Well, I'm a bo- well, i haven't gotten above. that either, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. To me, uh-huh. it would be, everything would be God. Yes, so yes. Doing those activities. Yes, yes. Would be absorbed in, yes, absorbed yes, it. yes. It but you know, but n- no, exactly. But some people, there's some like like some like all like uh 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 uh. uh, uh, uh there's there's saints that they sit there you know they 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 sit there just yes, in rapture, as communion with God, but and they're not doing their japa anymore, right? They're not visiting the temple anymore. And but their guru said to do japa every day, a certain amount of mantras. And now they're not doing it, so are they fallen from their guru, or if they've reached the goal, they've they, they it's they they become they become they become they've gone beyond it, you know. And some people, and then those who those who've gone beyond, if you can say this term, the problem is to use this language, but it's, we have to use that uh, idea, who've gone beyond. Very often, they still the scriptures even say some of them still engage in the sadnas of the of the sadna bhakti, right? And they do that f- for the good of others as in examples, right? So you see, you know, like the president, I think it's a small example. The president of the Ramakrishna Order. I don't know his state of consciousness, but he's a very great soul, right? And and there have been many, many very great souls. And every single morning, although they probably don't need to, right? And it's also really painful to do so. I mean, the last three presidents have been almost bedridden and crippled. Right? extreme difficulty every single day, they get up early in the morning and they get almost wheeled to the car and they get driven it's, it's, from their room to the temple is only like 100 yards, but they have to be driven because walking there is impossible right? Great, but they go and they, and they either walk up the steps or be carried up the steps They're like, and, and, but whether or not they need to do it or from their room they can just do this and say, Jai where it's sufficient right? but there are 700 monks every morning watching them do this Right, and and th- that gives them how much faith it gives that they should everyday go to the shrine do their job in front of Takwar right attend the rrt you know the, the senior monks monks they're doing this maybe they don't need to even if they need to or not need to they almost can't right but they still do for the good of as an example their acharyas acharya is somebody who teaches by example right <clears throat> there's others who don't they teach their example is not to go <laughs> right to show that there has to be some people who, that the shrine is no longer important. The shrine's in their heart. They don't, you know, Samy Pravananda. Samy tells the story. No, Sami Saprakashananda in St. Louis, his predecessor. Every day for 80 years, he went to the shrine and did his morning japa and evening japa, right? And then pretty soon he can't go, he can't walk anymore, right? And and so he said he told to the, his successor his uh, a, a, assistant at that time Chitananda, he says what am I going to do? I I can't go to the shrine now. He says Swamiji, you've gone to the shrine enough, right? You don't need to go to the shrine anymore, you know. But his habit was so strong. As I think, somebody is by habit or by example. he Says, sit in your bed. You're fine. You can chant your japa and not, or not chant your japa. You know, he's a, he's a advanced advanced to that level. But the danger here is that we start thinking, oh, I don't, I, I'm ready. I'm automatically beyond this. And I brought up that person who I didn't want to bring up, but we brought up, uh, because he represents. Uh, a a particular attitude right that that seeped into the western westerners who have taken up Vedanta and bhakti yoga and yoga in general is that they're automatically they're starting beyond this right i don't need names i don't need forms i don't need sadhana i'm already beyond i'm ready you know we're the pathless path we're starting we're starting way beyond it right where does that come from it's a it's a state it's it's a, a state it's a lower stage that they must have gone through in their past life otherwise how could they be born in the west right so if you think about their their particular attitude of that right And a certain it's a, it I believe if I I've, I've I've studied this a lot and argued with it a lot this is a real issue for me right cuz I've been confronted with it a lot right um uh, 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 um in certain communities like we know um and and, and it it be, it's it's uh, it's I think it's a uh, it's it's uh, like just because uh, being, I mean, I have to almost say it. Being born in, in a west, in a Western body, in a white body, in a Western culture, right? We're automatically above and beyond what the the uh, the primitive people of uh, that still ringing bells and and, and 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 bloody goddesses and this type of elephant-headed deities and this type of stuff, right? And so I think this is a very dangerous thing. We should be a little humble, right? And we and the, the, we're at we're at the feet of the of the sages who've given all these tech, these things. Right? and and, they've, uh, they've, uh, until we that, and Swamiji is basically saying that and a lot of people claim oh we're following Swamiji and that's how we're doing it no Swamiji himself is saying you can only go beyond these things when you, when you have that Pada Bhakti the symptom of the beginning of Pada Bhakti right, is full, such vairagya that comes from anuraga. that's his definition complete renunciation of the world that comes from extreme attachment and love for God that's the beginning that's the gate of Pada Bhakti and until you've reached that gate then, then you're still on this side Right and the, the principle of the bhakti yoga, the printer of the scripture, the dharma—all these things are still, still in effect. Right. This swamiji is Swamiji's, Swamiji's a very strong, I think, a very strong emotional point that he's making. Uh here he says, here, here, "This is a very nice." I'll read this. Then it is that we begin to understand what padabhakti bhakti is—the man who has entered into the inner. Shrine of Parabhakti alone has a right to say that all forms and symbols are useless and as A's really realization. He alone has attained a supreme state of love, commonly called the Brotherhood of Man. Even that idea, the idea that oh, we've reached the brotherhood of man. Right. Parabhakti is the symptom. This is the this is the symptom, one who've reached this, right? The rest only talk. This is Swamiji. This is his this is this is his, he's, he's emotionally setting it up. You have to imagine Swam, I'm reading it carefully and through the glare and my my out of my glasses, broke, so I'm, I'm using two, two prescriptions back, so I can't even. So I'm trying, I'm not, I don't, I'm not getting his rhythm, but Swamiji, by this point, probably, if you ever if you heard a description of him, he was a passionate speaker. And so I imagine he's like, he's, he's, he's it's, it's emotionally and, and ri- rising the emotional content of it. Right? The rest only talk, right? You know, it's a very powerful. The rest only talk. He sees no distinction. The mighty ocean of love has entered into him. And he sees not man in man, but beholds his beloved everywhere. Right, that's a great sign. He says, when you the brotherhood of man, when you see, when you don't see man in man, right? To say, oh, all men are equal, all humans, are all people are equal. That's Sri Ramakrishna. We to say, how are people equal? Right. He says, one person. He says, uh, 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 a thousand people go to hear uh, 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 Keshav Sen speak. And if you were to give a speak, nobody would come to listen to you. Right? One person can can one person is scared to even speak out loud in public, another person can fight ten people. Right, by strength, by intelligence, by fame by, by, you know, Jadu Malik is a billionaire, right? He lives, literally, he's in the shadow of Janu Malik's house, right? Ramakrishna's room is 200 yards from the richest man in Calcutta, the Bill Gates of Calcutta right? <laughs> you know, literally, he's a Bill Gates of Calcutta <laughs> <laughs> at that time, right? Right? It's like, and, and his room and, 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 and then there's also like Latamiraj, who's a shepherd boy, has no money. He's basically a slave labor from, from, from one of his devotees that, that, that Thakur allowed to serve him. Right, <laughs> right. It's like, are they the same by education, by wealth, by intelligence, by? It's like that. to say to see to see man in man. That's to see all men equally. That's good. But how do you see men equally? How do you see people equally when you see God in them? Right, and when you, how do you see God? When you see God, you can't see God in people until you see God. <laughs> right. That's Tharmaji's point. Once you realize God, then you see everything equally. Right. In the Gita it says, if one um, uh, uh one, one one sees with equal vision. Right, and then he uses it gives the ancient world's version of Bill Gates and Tami Bhajananda, on the two extremes and in, 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 in wealth, right, right. He says that they're the uh, what is it? He says uh, uh, the uh, gentle and learned Brahmana, a good, Bra- a real Brahmin, right, or and that's like a really holy and, and sattvic and pure by social and religious standards, and uh, uh, gentle learned Brahmana. A, a cow. A cow is the holiest of, of animals, right? Even the urine of a cow is purifying. That's how pure animals are, right? Not even the gentle brahmana's urine is purifying. A cow's urine is purifying. They're purer than gentle and learned brahmana, right? Um, an elephant. Big, strong, powerful creature, right? And then it says a dog. We love dogs, right? But in ancient Vedic, dogs are considered dirty. So they're the opposite of a cow and the opposite of the gentleman and brahmana is not like a sudra or not like a it's 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 uh exactly uh, the uh, uh, the word translates as dog eater right you get it's like the worst possible at that time now i mean now you go into the into the grocery store. Who knows what <laughs> worse thing, worse things than dogs, are being served. But but like I said, this is the ancient world version, right? Of 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 the stratify, of stratifying between holy and, and unholy, pure and impure and powerful and weak, right? If one sees with equal vision, then one is uh Sama Darshana Pandita, right? A learned person, a pandit. You know, we use this word pundit all the time. People call me panditji, right? It's like <laughs> Can, can I see your dog? I want to see if I can see you both equally or not. You know, a pundita. <laughs> no, I don't have the qualification yet. A pundit, a, a learned person, right, is one who sees equally the, uh, the, these different categories. Sama, darshana pandita, one who sees the same. But they're not equal. They're cho- the, the examples are shown because they're not equal. Right, so what's equal? Right, the one behind everything, the one, the heart of everything, the one manifesting all of them, that's equal. When you see God, then you see everything equally. Until then, it's a political. It's it's maybe legitimate. Um, a call of social justice and, and, and adjustment of society and, 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 and enactment of laws for equality and to, uh, as, soci- as societies to, 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 to form a more perfect union, we keep adjusting and changing. right? But that's not the same thing as real, seeing real equally. E- seeing real equally only comes with, with realization of God. Realization of only God when you have such anuraga that Varagya is natural. This is the part of Bhakti talk. Takasamaji saying. Through every face shines to him his Hari. I'll read this one. He sees no distinction. The mighty ocean of love has entered into him. And he sees not man and man. Or dog and dog or cat and cat or elephant and elephant. But beholds his beloved everywhere. He sees only the one. Through every face shines to him his Hari. The light in the sun or the moon are all his manifestations. And you see that's Krishna's also at an emotional crescendo in the Gita, right He's describing as his self-revelation or the uh, either it's Krishna describing or it's Arjuna's simultaneous revel- uh, uh, realization. Krishna's revelation and Arjuna's revelation realization are the same act, seen from two sides, right He says that among luminary objects I am the moon, among lights I am the sun. I am the taste in water. Among purifying agents, I am the wind. I am the light. You know, it's like every every glory and every beautiful, powerful, sublime, overwhelming thing. Right? It's I'm that, or you see me in that. Right? This is a glimpse Krishna is giving in, in the Gita. Through every face shines to him his Hari, the light and the moon, or the the light and the sun, or the moon are his manifestation. Wherever there is beauty or sublimity, to him it is all his. Such bhaktas are still living. The world is never without them. Let us hope. <clears throat> Other places he says that thank God there are such souls, right? In this world of too much worldliness. You know, there are such, such souls who see it this way. Though bitten by a serpent, they only say that the messenger has come to them from their beloved. Because they don't see a serpent, they see only their beloved. Such men alone have the right to talk of universal brotherhood. That's the language of Swamiji's time of of equality. right? The scene equally like this. They feel no resentment. Their minds never react in the form of hatred or jealousy. The external, the sensuous, has vanished for them forever. How can they be angry when through their love they are always able to see the reality behind the scenes. I like this—the reality behind the scenes. We see the scenes, <laughs> <laughs> and you can see Sri other places. He says, uh, in some simple language, he's describing the highest things. He says, "Oh, I see that it, as if the, everyone is like a was it a wax a wax garden, right? That 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 everything like, like everything is made of wax." Right, that the, you know, uh, uh, like wax fruit. He uses the example of a wax wax fruit. Right, Every, so I'm made of wax. This this microphone's made of wax. i is made of wax. The camera's made of wax. You know, it's like when you see the one, you see the one everywhere. Shankaracharya uses a similar um, uh, example. He says that when you know, like it says in it, it says in in the Brahma Sutra, if you know one thing, you know all things. Right, so that's one. Piece, at, a, at a logical level, that's a stupid statement. Sorry, I'm not going to. I'm criticizing, but I'm not. I'm temporarily criticizing for, for emphasis. Please forgive me, uh, Vedavyas. Right to say that to know one thing is to know everything. Right, so so they say to, in other words, to know. And the example Shankaracharya and Adiyacharya is given to know one lump of earth, you know every all earth, or to know one uh, uh, ring, gold ring, you know all jewelry. But obviously, to know one ring, you don't know all jewelry, right? You know, some I can know, I know my, I mean, my, my own ring, I barely know. If I even know it, doesn't mean I know anything about your jewelry. But what does it mean? To know gold, and also to know gold doesn't mean I know all jewelry. I may mean, know nothing about jewelry, right? But if I know gold, I know gold, right? And so a goldsmith, Shyamakrishna says, that a goldsmith sees gold everywhere. I look, oh, look at a very nice ring. And you have a bracelet and a necklace and like this, right? But a goldsmith, see, he's trained to see gold. And he immediately sees gold, 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 right? The shape is secondary. Behind the shape, he sees the substance, gold, right? Or once you know earth, you see all earth and things as earth. It's not that you don't see the things. Maybe you see the thing, maybe you know the thing. But they're secondary. So this, this given a hint of the, the view Samajji is describing the view of the Pada Bhakta, the illumined devotee, the highest devotee. If you see only God, if you see God, you see God. So if you see only God, you see only God. So do you see the world? Well, perhaps described from a Vedic perspective, maybe the world disappears and you see only God. right? Or in a dualist perspective, you see the world and you see only God. Either you don't see the world and you see only God, or you see the world and you see only God. So that's another way of saying you don't see the world you see only God <laughs> right that's the thing and 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 once you know the once you know once you know what to look for once you've experienced the one you're looking for then you see him everywhere you see her everywhere hiding everywhere right in the Bhagavatam, we go back to this a lot because I think it's like the perfect devotional and vedantic uh, uh, um, example on the in the opening page of the Bhagavatam, it says when 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 Lord Narayan is lying in the cosmic ocean, and from his navel comes a lotus, and on that lotus is Lord Brahma. And Brahma looks out and sees, uh, 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 doesn't see anything, he says, Where? He says, Oh, I have to find the source. I'm, I'm on a flower. I have to find the source of this flower. Let me look for the source of the flower. And he looks, and he looks down looking for this, the bija. The word is bija. He looks for the bija of the flower, the lotus in which he stands. He, he finds himself. So, in our Brahma's world, is this world. Right, the lotus is this world. You can one way of thinking of it. Not overly interpreting, but this is one way. Right, where is the seed that made this world? Right, As people say, "Show where's God in this world?" Right, the thing is, like, if God is the source of this world, where's God? We only we see the world, we don't see God. So he's looking at the lotus. Where is the seed? And so he he goes down and doesn't find the seed. Of course, in some sort, he goes down and finds Bra- Vishnu. Vishnu is the seed, right? But where is the seed of the of the lotus? Right, in in this uh, uh, verse in the Bhagavatam. Right, it says that the seed has become the lotus. Right, that's the thing: is that the seed, a seed disappears. Where, where do you find the seed of a plant? In the the plant. Right, but if you see the plant and you're not looking for the seed, you only see a plant, and you don't find it. You don't see there is no source, or if there is a source, it's hidden. Right, and we, we have, and what do we do? We go back. What oh, all the scriptures say, and my mom told me, and the priest says. Right, we have faith that the source of everything is God, and everything has its source in God. He is the Alpha and the Omega the source of everything, you know, like this. Right? But, when you, when you, when you find, when you actually see God, then you, th- when you look at the world, when you, when, you, when you actually find the seed in the world, then you, the world, in a certain sense, the world's there, in another sense, the world disappears. You see the seed. You see the world, oh, it's become, so Sri krishna another beautiful thing, he says, in the beginning stage of the spiritual life, one should think, one thinks, or one should think, I don't know if it's descriptive or prescriptive, right? One thinks, this world is unreal, and God alone is real. Now, these are two absurd statements, right? The thing we experience is unreal, and the thing we have no experience of—that's reality. That's our starting point, right? It's a ridiculous thing, right? But this is what religion. This is the beginning of religion, right? That what we see is not the reality, and what, and the reality is not yet seen, right? And some say it's not seeable, right? That's that's an unfortunate. Situation. We actually say actually it's seeable, right? So. But then, is in the beginning stage that one thinks this world, the world is unreal, right? And God alone is a reality. The exact opposite of our experience, right? But if, because of this, we're searching for the, the reality behind the unreality. We're searching for the seed in the plant. We're searching for the source. Uh, 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 uh. <coughs> but at the end, he says, once one realizes, then one realizes, oh, God has become all this right the 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 world that we see that we think is not god because it isn't god right right the, the people we think are equal that aren't equal oh they are equal the one is manifesting all of them right and so he gives examples that when we realize this, when you're at the bottom of the steps of of, of 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 a staircase to go to the roof you know the indian, st- indian roofs are different than our roofs <laughs> you don't fall off of them as easy as ours you know they the people live on the roofs right and usually the roof is made of what's the roof made of usually brick Brick and lime dust and brick dust and the and the steps that go down to it are also made of brick. Maybe, maybe Indians here know, and, and, and people have been Indian know, right? And so if you once, but if you're at the base of the of the brick uh, of the steps and said, "Oh, I'm on the roof," right? That's foolish. You're not on the roof, right? And you are saying, "Oh no, this is a roof. Everything's it's all God. We're all equal, right?" Uh, i You know, it's like you're saying true things, but they're not in your experience yet. You're actually you have no idea what you're talking about. Right? Maybe you, somebody told you it's like this is the roof. You know, but you see, okay, you have to think. What do you think? Uh, the classic thing is, uh, "Neti Neti," right? And you think, well, what, what about this step? This is the roof. Well, what's the quality of the roof? The roof is big and broad, and it has vistas, and you can see beyond. You know, it's there's nothing above it. You think it's describing some logical things about the roof. It's big, right? It's uh, it's it's there's nothing above it, and you can see unlimited in all directions from it let's we'll use that as our standard right the base of the brick the first step is not that so that doesn't satisfy any of these requirements so this is not the roof next step this is not the roof next step this is not the roof next step this is not the roof and when you get to the roof when you realize oh right this satisfies. then you realize the, the roof is made of exactly the same things as the steps right bricks what we'll talk says brick uh, brick dust and lime I think you know some man whatever whatever we build bricks I don't know. so once getting to the roof then you can say oh it's all the same right at the base you're you can you're saying that's something real but you have no experience and if you say the thing you're and somebody's somebody stands at the base of the of, uh, somebody on the roof right looking down at somebody at the base saying oh no no come on up to the roof no no this is the roof it's actually embarrassing <laughs> <laughs> Those people, they they look quite silly. They're you know they're like, no no, okay yes yes come 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 come, <laughs> right? You, you come up here and then go back down. Then you can then you can see right. So the, the Sarmaji's point: once you have that highest experience, right, right. Once you've attained the roof, then one sees everything is the same, right. Then one sees the one in everything. Until then we try to we have a belief and a, and a view and an in, in, intuition, and we know it must be true and it's better to think it's true than not true, that there's one behind everything, this, everybody, there's a soul behind everything, the one we're looking for is in everyone's heart. you know these are better than the one I'm looking for is this place and all you guys go to hell. It's way better than that. But it's still not our experience. That's usually where people go. you know I'm looking for God and all you go to hell, right, right? But it should be it's healthy to, I mean one Swami Swami Shankara Nanda. One tantric sannyasi he he, he, says, he says actually this kind of tantric vedantic mixed view of the, how the one is behind everything it's helpful because it's true it's a real view of reality our ultimate goal of uh, the view the the thing we're looking for we know it from the beginning right we know that there's one behind everything so we don't have to, we shouldn't have to be we shouldn't get surprised right right now we are looking for the one behind everything so until we find that it's a that if our if our philosophy happens to be true. It's good, because most philosophy starts as the world is not. I mean, we're in a world of duality. We're all competing. We're suffering. It's it's maybe with that view. Maybe it's hard to find the one behind everything, right? So it's good to know even at the beginning stages. There's one behind everything. There's only God ultimately, right? But we shouldn't be deluded into thinking because we know that, or we think that, or been told that, and it may actually be true. And the reason we feel it's true because it echoes the truth, right? Until we have that experience. We we what samaji says all others only talk, You're big talkers. Sarmaji, you know, many places Swamiji, they're big talkers, talking, talking, causing frothy difficulty, talk. huh? Frothy talk. Some um, frothy, yeah. That's another great line from Vivekananda. Frothy talk. <laughs> that's a very nice, <laughs> very high-sounding talk, you know, <laughs> right? And sometimes frothy talk is good. We talk, we talk a lot. Even this is a bit of a frothy talk. We're talking all high things, right? <laughs> right. <clears throat> but we're trying to encourage each other to go to find, and so. Uh, uh by finding by searching for by and bhakti yoga this chapter starts bhakti yoga is an attempt a training to discipline the mind to know what we real to look to direct all of our desires our 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 ha uh, our ambitions are towards god in such a way that will lead to spiritual blessedness that 's the definition of bhakti i read that because that 's his ultimate point here uh Bhakti Yoga is a science of a higher love. It shows us how to direct it. It shows us how to control it, how to manage it, how to use it, how to give it a new aim, as it were. And, to, and from it obtain the highest, most glorious result. That is, how to make, us, how to make it lead us to spiritual blessedness. Bhakti the Yoga does not say give up. It only says love, love the highest. And everything will naturally falls away from him, whose object of love is the highest. So that's the ultimate. We're, we're, how did the purpose of all this is not just frothy talk, which is that be a great name for a podcast, frothy talk with Swami and <laughs> 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 I have to learn some some uh, marketing skills <laughs> for this, um, but uh, uh, to that the reason we're doing this is a training. We're training ourselves. Swamiji is guiding us uh, uh, through, uh, inspiring us in our sadhana to direct. To, to make God the center, to make God the focus of our of, of our aspiration. And when we developed, when we get anurag, and we get that taste, we get that attraction, and everything falls away, then we begin, then we, Swamiji always says, at that point you're at the, at the, um, at the, at the doorway of Pada-bhakti. Right? And Pada-bhakti, I'll give you a secret in Swamiji's lexicon, Swami Shivananda also says, it's Pada-bhakti and Advaita are the same thing, from two different angles. Right, so that we all would talk about high things, Vedas, especially frothy talk, frothiest of the talk, of the of, of the talk, right, right. But the way to get there, he's showing us This is the this is the easy way to get there. Nothing's easy, but this is the way to get there, right? Through para bhakti, right, the highest devotion. Thank you for your kind attention. We actually did very good. We finished before R T time. Any questions or comments or <coughs> flowers? anything anything good no more fati tuck <laughs> that's my new favorite thing <laughs> jai thakur jai ma samaji maraji ki jai jai Sri ramakrishna dev ki jai jai ma jai ma jai ma